Before I move into our last part of our, of our sermon series, Recognizing the Voice of God, I just simply want to say a word of thank you for all your prayers. Uh, while 38 of us from our congregation uh, traveled to the Middle East, and to specifically, we were in Amman, Jordan, we saw Petra, and then we went across the border into Israel, and just had a glorious time traveling together. Uh, one of the questions that I am most frequently asked when I go on these kinds of trips uh, this hap happen uh, happening, happens to be my 13th time to the Holy Land. Uh, is, is it safe to travel to Israel, to the Holy Land? Is it safe to travel? Uh, more importantly, the question really that's being asked is, is it safe for Christians to travel to the Holy Land? Now, if we listen to the media and if we listen to politics, the answer to that question would be no. And yet, only about 1% of Christians and 1% of Muslims and 1% of, uh, uh, of Jews really are the ones who are creating havoc in the world, I believe. And, and so, what I'd like to do with them all, the 1% people, is I'd like to put them all on an island and let them do whatever they want with each other. That's not Christ-like, but it's what I really would like to have happen. Because I really find it to be quite intriguing to, as a Christian to travel to a place that is different than what I find here. Now, the reason I raise this with you this morning is because I want to start placing on your calendar a very important time in the life of our community. I want to show you this picture. Uh, this was taken a year ago when uh, uh, five congregations uh, started gathering together. Uh, on the far right is Rabbi Mark Sack, who is part of the conservative church, uh, Temple Judea. Uh, next to him is Haq Muhammad, uh, who is part of the Muslim community. Uh, next to him in the middle is uh, Rabbi Nicole Luna, who's part of uh, Temple Beth El a reformed synagogue in our community. Then comes uh, Father Ray Buchanan, who is, part, who is the lead pastor priest at Iona Episcopal Church. And then I'm in the picture. Uh, five years ago, we started gathering together as clergy uh, because we really felt that there's so much division that is being uh, experienced and expressed and uh, so many inaccuracies shared about each other's faiths uh, that we felt we needed to be together. Last year we started gathering, we met here, we've met at uh, two other locations. And this year we're gonna be gathering together again, uh, the interfaith community. And so we'd like to invite you to be a part of that. The dates are there on the screen, February 5, 12, and 19. And this year we've decided to focus on the theme of prayer. We're going to be focusing on, uh, from the Jewish tradition, uh, we're going to be looking at Deuteronomy 6. And, and, and why is it important that we study that text of uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind? We're going to be looking from the Christian tradition at the, at the Lord's Prayer. What can Jews and, and, and Muslims learn about prayer through our praying the Lord's Prayer? And then we're going to be studying one of the traditional uh, statements of faith and prayer uh, from the Muslim tradition. Here's what I experience in the world in which I live. When I talk about the Muslim world, I hear fear. 
And I simply say to you, there's no need to fear. But the greatest thing that we can do in order to become more knowledgeable, in order to have experiences, is to have a common experience of sharing time together. So I'm going to ask you, will you step out of your, out of your place, wherever you are in the spectrum, and come and be with us of February 12, 5, 12, and 19, beginning at Temple Bethel on the 5th. Now, let me, let me wrap up this series uh, looking at how do we recognize the voice of God. I want you to turn with me in your Bible uh, to the, uh, and, and go ahead and touch a Bible. It's that small red book that's right in front of you. It's not going it, to bite you much. Uh, but, but I simply want to invite you to, will you just hold it? It's not going to, really, it's not going to hurt you. And, 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 and uh, not much anyways. Uh, so uh, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn with me to the book of Habakkuk. Now, uh, yeah, your, your laughter right there uh, kind of just, if I had a camera, I wish I could show the, your expressions when I say turn to the book of Habakkuk. Um, so here's what I want you to do. I, I want you to do this with me because there's a great message in, this, in the Scripture this morning uh, that I think that you're going to just really want to hold on to. So turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, now, if, you just, if, you're, if this is a foreign book to you, uh, which it can be for many of us, uh, or many of you, now, I've been kind of studying it for a while, <clears throat> but, but what I'd like for you to do is just uh, turn with me about two-thirds of the, of the way through the Bible, and there you find the Gospel of Matthew, and then what you're going to do is you're going to flip backwards five books into the Old Testament. And so the last book of, 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 the, of the Old Testament is the book of Malachi. Then we're going to have the book of Zechariah. And after the book of Zechariah, we have the book of Haggai. Then we have the book of Zephaniah. And then eventually, right there, just a few pages over from the Gospel of Matthew, you find the book of Habakkuk. It's a vital book in the Old Covenant. So let me just tell you a little bit about it. Uh, the book of Habakkuk was uh, written by one of the minor prophets uh, of the Old Testament, uh, by uh, the prophet's name was Habakkuk. Uh, it was written around the th about the year uh, 613 uh, before Christ. And the primary purpose of this book is, is to say that God is still in control despite uh, the way the world looks. Because the way the world looks in many ways, uh, and depending upon the filters that we use, is the, the, the world looks like uh, that evil has triumphed over goodness. And so Habakkuk wants to say, uh, despite all, of all the way the world looks, God is still in control. Now, one of the reasons I, I really enjoy reading this, this book, and I've, I've read this book over and over and over, uh, I, I dare say I read it at least once a year, because it's only three pages long. And the reason I like to read it is because it encourages me to ask questions of God. It encourages me not to become content with asking the simple, easy questions of God. But Habakkuk says, I want you to dig down deep. Ask God the hard questions. Ask God those questions that are, that are really going to penetrate a, a deep conversation with God. And I love that. Because when we do that, when we are willing to ask questions, when we are willing to move into, that, into those deep questions of faith, uh, 
And then when we are willing not only to ask the questions, but then when we are willing to stop and when we are willing to listen to God's response, it's then. It's then, my friends, that we're going to find meaning and purpose. We're going to find real significance. We're going to really find our value for living. Now, is anyone interested now in knowing a little bit more about Habakkuk? If you can find your meaning, your purpose, your significance by asking God those deep questions. Is anybody interested in that? Uh, Let me try that again. Is anyone interested in knowing more about this? Thank you. For those of you who are our guests, yes, people talk back to their pastor in more ways than not. I won't go there. So, um, so let me give you some of the history of the book of Habakkuk. Take out your teaching notes. I, I gave you some, uh, some, just some uh, quick things to know about the book of Habakkuk. Uh, in your teaching notes, what you're going to find is uh, some of the background information about Habakkuk, about what's going on at this time period, is uh, that Israel is in chaos. Israel is in deep chaos. And when one of the reasons why Israel is in chaos, the first reason I give you is that there is recession occurring in their land. Now, if we go back to 2007 and 8 and 9 and 10, we all know about what that feels like, right? And so that's what was happening in Israel. The second thing I give you here is that people were out of work, and so many people were out of work is that people were starving, the third thing I can tell you is that in this period, in this, in the, in this area, in Israel, uh, people were in constant conflict. Have you ever lived in that kind of environment of constant conflict? And, and then I tell you uh, that even back then, uh, that there were, a te- there were terrorist attacks happening all the time. And so that's kind of the environment in which uh, Habakkuk is writing uh, this. And so, in the the first chapter, what we find in the first chapter is that Habakkuk decides to ask some questions of God. And he just really is pointing at God and saying, God, I need some clarity here, and I'm going to point these questions at you, and I'm not going to stop asking you these questions until I get an answer. Does that sound like anybody? It sounds like me, and it sounds like you. These are the same questions we ask. I, I, I share these questions. Lord, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Are are you going to do anything about this stuff? How long is this going to take for you to do something, God? No, we've never asked that question. Why do I have to put up with this? And and, and so this is is what we we hear from Habakkuk, and he's asking all these questions. And then when we get to chapter 2, what we find is uh, that in chapter 2, Habakkuk says, okay, God, I'm done asking all my questions. Now I'm just going to sit back, and I'm going to wait for you to respond to my questions. And guess what happens? God responds. And in God's response, he gives uh, Habakkuk a clear vision uh, for his life. He gives, uh, he gives Habakkuk not only a clear vision for his personal life, but he gives Habakkuk a clear vision uh, for the, the, the entire Israel nation. And that's what happens. 
when we are willing to ask God the significant questions. And so I want to ask you today, as I, as I go through uh, this next text with you from Habakkuk chapter uh, 2, verses 1 and 2, in order to set the stage uh, to make it more personal for you, I'm going to ask you to think about what's going on in your life right now? What is it that's going on in your life right now that you have questions for God? What are those difficult questions that you have for God? Is it about your career? Does it have to do with um, education? Does it have to do with your marriage? Is the hard question that you have for God is, God, how do I stop having an affair on my husband or my wife? Is that the hard question you need to be asking? Or what about, is the hard question related to your children? God, I've got some real issues here. Or maybe the issue is with your parents. Got some questions. Or what about, uh, God, I've really got some questions about my retirement. I had all these plans. And it's just not turning out the way I had dreamed it. So what are those questions that you have? What is it that you want to ask God for? Keep that right in front of you as I try to share with you this passage of Scripture that I believe can bring hope and meaning and value into each of our lives. So turn with me. I, I, I printed it at the top of your teaching notes. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different, so you may just want to follow it along in the, on the screen. Uh, but, I, but, I, but you can also refer to your teaching notes. Uh, listen as it is revealed, the word is revealed, Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. After Habakkuk asked these questions, he said, I will climb into my watchtower, and I will wait to see what the Lord will say to me and how he will answer my questions. Then the Lord said to me, Write my answers in large, clear letters so that a runner can read it and tell it to everybody else. But these things that I plan, these things that I plan for you won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled in your life. If it seems slow, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. My friends, this is the Word of God for the people of God. So I've, I've, I've been working on this, and I've been looking at uh, uh, five, uh, five words that begin with uh, the letter W. And so I'm going to give you five words that begin with the letter W as it, refer as it refers to Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. The first word that I want you to write down is want. 
want. I have to want to do God's will. There has to be a desire in my heart to do God's will. I must choose or I must make a choice to do God's will for my life when I hear what it is that God wants for me. See, in in that second part of verse uh, 1, it says, I will go up to the watchtower. I will. Circle that. I will, meaning I want. I have this desire. I'm not holding back. But here's the problem. The problem is that uh, for the vast majority of us in this room, with very, very few exceptions, we're all holding something back. We're just kind of waiting. Okay, God, I'm going to wait for you to tell me uh, your response to my question, and if I like your response to my question, then it's going to be my will for my life. But if I don't like uh, what you say to me, uh, then I'm just going to hold that part back, and I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, let, me, let me see if I can explain it this way. Uh, there's a little part of my life that I carry in my back left pocket of uh, every single day of my life. Can anyone tell me what that is? It's my wallet. So I'm going to give my wallet here. I'm going to give my wallet to Frank to hold because I don't want, um, I don't want my wallet uh, to be a part of this conversation with God. Are you with me? So if I, if I hide my wallet, I know what's in my wallet, Frank. If I, hi, I, if, I hide, if I hide my wallet someplace, if I hide something that, is really, uh, that I really like, and I, if I hide it, if I, if I give it to somebody else and it's not in my possession, uh, but it still belongs to me, and, and, and if God says, yeah, I've got to give that up, well, it's not in my possession, therefore, I don't have to do anything about it. Nobody else justifies like me, do, do, do you? Of course, we all justify ourselves. God, I, I'm willing to give you uh, some, 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 I'm willing to give you 95% of my life, but I still want to hold on to 5%. And the simple question has to be, what is that 5% for you? What does it look like? What's the character of it? And the real question is, what is that 5%? How is that 5% going to hold you from being in the perfect will of God? The answer is simple. I have to want it. I have to want to do God's perfect will for my life. I have to surrender it all to God. And when I surrender, I don't want to take it back. I don't want to travel down the road a few uh, minutes or a few uh, miles or a few hours or a few years. I, I don't want to t- go down that path and then take it back, which is our human tendency. I think the first thing Habakkuk says is, I will climb up to the watchtower. I will will because I want, I have this desire. I'm making a choice. 
The second W is this. Withdraw. Withdraw. I, I, I will withdraw from my life. I will withdraw uh, from uh, that which is my life today. And it says, I will go to the watchtower. I will go to that place where I can be quiet and still and be in the presence of God. Withdraw. Would you agree with me that we live in a noisy world? Noisy world. And that noisy world keeps calling me by name. That noisy world of temptation, that noisy world of, uh, 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 of greed, that noisy world, and you fill in the blank. That watchtower is that place where you can connect to the heartbeat of God, to the mind of God, to the spirit of God, and God will come and rest fresh upon you. It's what God wants for you. I have an image in my mind. See if you can capture this image. See if I can share this image uh, with you. So when you walked in this, into the sanctuary today, uh, everyone, uh, I believe, received a bulletin or a program. And, 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 and so the image that I have is that when you were given a program, uh, that attached to that program uh, was a, a line of power that goes right up here, uh, figuratively speaking, right up here to the altar of God, the power of God. And the reality is uh, that uh, we can hold on to that cord for, for, this, for this 60 minutes. And we can hold on to it and we can be connected to God and we can be uh, resourced by God through music and, and through song and through word and, and we can feel this power. And then there are moments in which we are distracted in this world because our minds are racing so rapidly is that, that we let go of this cord of power, of connection with God, even as we're sitting here because we get distracted every seventh, seven or eight seconds we get distracted. And, and, and then we go back and we hold on to that line once again. And, and we're with it and we let go and we're with it and we let go and we're with it and we let go. And that is what we're doing throughout the entire time of worship. And then when we leave worship and we go up to our cars, uh, we leave it at the door because we think it's only available when we come into the sanctuary. Or we take it with us to the car and we allow that power to go with us. But then within a few hours, we forget about the power of God available for us because we have failed to to recognize the power of the watch house for our living. See, my friends, we need to withdraw into the watch house so that we can experience the fullness of God, the breath of God, the love of God, the power of God resting over us. And the reality is that we are living our lives connecting and disconnecting, connecting and disconnecting. Where are you today? Where are you right now? Connected? Disconnected? 
Where, where will you be in 11 minutes when you walk out this door? Will you connect or disconnect? So the first W is what? Now let's say, say that like we actually know it. One. The second one is what? So you, you sometimes ask me, how, how do you remember these things, Tom? So here, here's, the next, here's the next two W's. And, and uh, you know there's an organization called Weight Watchers? Okay, so wait and watch. Different way of spelling, wait and watch. So this, this, the, the, the third W is wait. Wait, W-A-I-T. It's not easy being my wife. Can you imagine this, the, this brain of mine and how fast it spins and how fast it's going? And Karen puts up with that. But I'm constantly going. I'm no different than you. My brain, my being, my RPMs are rapid. What's the hardest thing for your pastor to do? You want to know it? Is to wait. Have you ever said to God, hurry up, God? I've got plans. Sit, wait. God has a desire to speak a word into your life. But if we do not wait upon the Lord, our busyness will kill our relationship with God. Wait. The fourth is watch. Watch. Uh, look at this text. I will climb into my watchtower and I will wait to see what the Lord will say. Isn't it interesting? It says, and I will wait to see. I've never heard the audible voice of God. I've never heard the audible voice of God. I have seen God's wonder and God's grace. I believe that God speaks most frequently using visual images. And I just want to invite you to open your mind to perhaps, as we may think about this, to think outside the boundaries and to allow God to paint a picture of your preferred future 
based on waiting upon the Lord. Number four is watch. And so where do we end it? <clears throat> we end it with worship. Worship. If you look at this text from um, Habakkuk 3, verse 2, it says, O Lord, now I have heard your report, and I will worship you. I will worship you. And that's what you, you and I have been doing this morning. We've been worshiping the one true God. So this prophet of old, 613 years before Christ, hmm, Habakkuk had something to say to us. So let me invite you to review with me. First, we have to what? Want. Second, withdraw. Third, wait. Fourth, watch. Fifth, amen. Amen. I pray that we may sing these words of be thou my vision and hear the, the voice of God speaking directly to you. Amen. Amen.